Hey everyone, we would like to introduce you to The Casual Criminalist, a true crime podcast with a comedic edge, bringing you a couple of laughs along with horrific stories of murder and death. The Casual Criminalist is a podcast from popular YouTuber Simon Whistler, also known as my absolute favorite YouTuber. If you are a subscriber to our Patreon, you heard me go on and on about how he is an amazing storyteller. He's such a dynamic speaker. And honestly, I can say without unequivocally my favorite YouTuber. And I was thrilled to learn that he had this podcast. So while you're listening and definitely enjoying it, make sure you subscribe to The Casual Criminalist via the link in the episode description on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, thank you. I'm Simon. I host the Casual Criminalist podcast, which I describe as a true crime podcast with a lighter edge, bringing you a bit of a laugh, along with horrible stories of things like serial killer children, because apparently having a laugh with that stuff is actually possible. Other things we cover, the worst serial killer of all time, who was actually a doctor from the UK, relatively recent case. There's also Australia's real-life female Hannibal Lecter or Mark Twitchell. The guys thought he was like Dexter from that TV show Dexter, except he was really kind of bad at being a serial killer. Like I say, it's all super fun, light stuff. Not really, it's kind of terrifying. And now I'd love to play you a clip from the show. And if you do enjoy the Casual Criminalist clip today, please make sure you are subscribed via the link in the episode description on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've plenty to be afraid of these days. Terrorism, killer viruses, roving gangs of angry English football fans, unlucky lads, and so on and so on. If you're of a nervous disposition, you might want to skip this one because we're preparing to add another piece of paranoia to the pile, the smiley face killers. If you're not familiar with this murderous gang, you're not alone. Oh God, is this another one of those ones where it's like, am I going to upset these people and are they going to come and murder me? Sometimes I do wonder about, I listened to a true crime, it was, it was actually a, a car video on YouTube, and they were talking about some gang, and the guy was like, I'm nervous now I've made this video. Some of these true crime stuff, it's like, oh god, am I going to be targeted by a crazy murderous gang? <laughs> Let's get into it immediately. <laughs> Their enemies claim that this group of super organized, extremely calculating serial killers have been flying under the radar for decades. Nobody knows who they are or what they look like. Only that they've slaughtered potentially hundreds of victims and made the majority of their crimes look like accidental deaths. This sounds almost like we're veering into conspiracy theory, doesn't it, Callum? In fact, the expertise with which they dispose of the bodies means that some doubt these killers even exist. The only concrete evidence we have of their existence is a calling card found near the crime scenes that connects these seemingly unrelated deaths into one marathon crime spree. Hint, the clue's in the name. Let me guess, it's got a smiley face on it, which is super, super creepy. Today we'll be looking at the story of the detective who believes he first uncovered this network of killers and his decades-long quest to finally haul them out of the shadows. This is the story of the smiley face murders. And trust me, it's darker than it sounds. Uh, it's darker than it sounds. It, it already is. I mean, when you're saying, like, something happy in front of something dark like murder, it instantly makes the happy thing just straight up creepy, doesn't it? The Death of Patrick McNeil On February the 16th, 1997, Fordham University student Patrick McNeil went drinking with his friends at his regular, a dive bar in Manhattan called Dapper Dog. When I was younger, I thought that dive bar, because we don't use this phrase in British English, meant like a bar for scuba divers. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not what it is. It kind of just means a dumpy bar, right? Like a kind of bit of a 
bit of a dive. We'd use the word dive, though, which is weird. The place was packed out that Sunday night, mostly with students from the university, knew that this was the place to drink yourself paralytic without the bar staff cutting you off or checking your ID. Hell yeah! Patrick was generally well-liked among his peers, good-looking and intelligent. He had aspirations of one day joining the FBI. He was also a fairly big athletic guy who could usually handle his drink, but that night, it seemed as if the cheap booze got the better of him. After just a few, he was stumbling around like a lightweight freshman. I have the feeling that Pat has been drugged. Not long past midnight, he was already ready to call it a night. After forcing himself to be sick in the toilet, he said his slurred goodbyes to his mates and prepared to walk home with a female acquaintance. When she took too long to follow, leaving Patrick shivering out on the street, he decided to head off alone, with that kind of homing pigeon instinct that only the severely inebriated know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's been times where he's been so impressively drunk, it's like, wow, I made it home last night? Good on me! <laughs> student days. People on the street reported watching Patrick with concern as he stumbled along the pavement, tumbling it over every now and then, before slowly rising to his feet, dusting himself off and walking on. Yeah, I don't think I've been drunk enough to like just randomly fall over several times. I mean, I've definitely fallen over drunk, but not repeatedly, because after the first time you'd be like, let's just walk a little slower, shall we? <laughs> You're not up to this today, whistleboy. Hardly on an uncommon sight when you live near a university, but some of the witnesses noticed something odd. A van seemed to be tailing Patrick, matching his pace and stopping whenever he fell. When he continued up the street and turned left onto 90th Street, that same vehicle turned behind him. That was the last anyone would ever see of Patrick McNeil for quite some time. Over a month later, the 21-year-old was floating face up in the East River, spotted by walkers on a Brooklyn pier, about 12 miles from where he was.